Hello and welcome to Max Politics. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette, a publication of Citizens Union Foundation. Thanks so much for tuning in here for this episode of the show. In just a moment, my conversation with City Council Member Carlos Menchaca, a Brooklyn Democrat, on a few important, interesting, and pressing topics, including a city council hearing that just occurred that the council member was involved with related to a bill to re-extend municipal voting rights to some non-citizens of New York City. And we will talk with Councilmember Menchaca about that and much more in just a moment. Before we get into that with Councilmember Menchaca, if you've missed any recent episodes of Max Politics, please do find them wherever you get your podcasts or at the Gotham Gazette website. I've had some really good recent conversations with a bunch of good guests on a variety of topics. Although we've had a lot of focus on the change of power in New York State from Governor Andrew Cuomo to Governor Kathy Hochul. But I've recently spoken with State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli, State Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, and many other great guests, including some from the City Council, as well as Carlos Menchaca here today, uh, Keith Powers, Justin Brannon, and some other city and state leaders, and then a bunch of advocates, experts, and others on a variety of topics, including the state's eviction moratorium, the excluded workers fund, resiliency matters, especially after the uh, devastation of Hurricane Ida that came to the city and much more. So you can find all those discussions at Max Politics, wherever you get your podcast or the Gotham Gazette website. All right. So we're here today with city council member Carlos Menchaca, a return guest to the show, of course, although last time he was with us, it was Max Murphy with Jared Murphy, who's moved on to nursing school. Uh, but uh, Councilmember Menchaca, thanks so much for coming back to the show. Thanks for having me, Ben, and congrats to Max. I hope he is doing <laughs> well and that he checks in with us. Thanks. Um, yeah, he's he's doing well in nursing school, so we wish him, wish Jared all the best there. Um, so uh, a lot we want to get to in a short time with you. Let's talk about this hearing first. This is the most pressing issue. You chair the Immigration Committee in the City Council. You've been doing that for most of what is almost uh, two terms now. Um, this bill uh, around non-citizen voting is going through the Governmental Operations Committee, but you're obviously directly involved in advocating for this. Where does this bill stand and what did you make of the hearing that occurred earlier this week? One of the most important things to say about this bill is that it represents so much of what the immigrant community has been striving for, which is a deeper and more intimate connection with government to influence policy. And voting is one of those components that allows for the immigrant community who are not citizens, green card holders specifically, because this bill is a focus on green card holders in the city of New York. We think there are about a million of them, uh, almost a million of them uh, in the city of New York that want to influence the choosing of their leader. Uh, But this is connected to so many things that have happened in the last eight years uh, with me as immigration chair, really thinking through all all the different ways that immigrants are asking for justice, whether it be language access, uh, better schools in their community, better streets, bike lanes, uh, participatory budgeting and capital, uh, making decisions around capital budget, all of these things are connected. And so this is one of those. Uh, I think it's also important to know that it's at the end of the term for this council. I think it's a good thing that we had the public hearing. Uh, But, you know, I think a lot came out of the public hearing. One, I think you heard the hearts and minds of those that are impacted. But you saw the 
where where it all kind of hits hits the hits the tension point, which is the legality of this bill. Uh, and you've heard from the mayor, you've heard from the speaker, you heard from a couple of council members on the committee that this is a state issue. And I think that's where we are. We are at a crossroads about who's gonna take the first step. Uh, and it doesn't look like the leadership in the city is gonna take that step. And and you're, so your feeling at this point is that this bill is not going to pass the city council this term with three months left in the term? Well, when you look at it, you have over 30 members signed on to the bill. It grew by one yesterday. Uh, and you have a real sense of connection to the issue. Um, part of what I think is important here is that it may, it takes more than getting 30 plus members on a bill to pass it. It really requires the Speaker of the City Council to take this on. Uh, he doesn't want to do that. Uh, and I think it's important also to know that the mayor has been very vocal against it. And they're all, whether whatever their reason, and it doesn't even matter what their reason is, uh, whether they understand the issue, whether it's a xenophobic, whatever it is, it doesn't even matter. They're pointing to the state. And they're pointing to the state to take action. And I think right now what I want to hear from the state is whether they're going to take it. Um, because I think it's clear that the city council is ready to do it. We're about to flip government, new mayor, new city council. Yeah. And and I think the state now needs to respond in a very real way, whether this is something that they want to take on. This doesn't seem like anything that's going to move through the state by the end of, of this term. So this is something no. that's, that's really looking like... Next mayor, next city council, uh, reset reset the discussion and and work with state partners potentially. It's worth noting, of course, that the likely next mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, has supported this this legislation. Uh, along with yourself, obviously, one of the lead champions of this has been City Council Member Donis Rodriguez, who's yes. been a very very close ally of Eric Adams. So. Do you think, you know, if you look ahead, do you think there is, uh, you know, city action that could happen or you, you really think this will still wind up being pointed towards the state? I think that we are in a time where we have incredible opportunity to expand and franchise more more immigrants in all parts of government. And again, we're focused on this voting question, but the fact that Eric Adams is supportive, I think he's gonna choose people in his administration that are also supportive of immigrants. Uh, this next city council is gonna be um, choosing a new speaker, whether the speaker wants to take this on. Uh, so I think there's still a lot of questions, but it looks good, but it looked good for us for a while. Like this is, this is Part of what I think is really important is that whenever you have a question of legality on an issue, people will hide behind that to say no. Uh, and and I think what what we we need to do is is really put a campaign together that pushes the state to ensure that we have both state and local, because at the end of the day we have. Uh, and this is something that we've just been embedded in conversation. The implementation is as hard as the political moment to pass this thing in the first place. If we can get past the legal, like, is it legal? Then you have to implement this. And this is going to require the state and the board of election and the city to create a process that's very um, uh, sensitive to immigrants and, and do it right. And that's going to require everybody. And so I kind of, I kind of think this is this is a um, 
the nature of something like this that has so many pitfalls for immigrants because part of what we were always worried about and especially during Trump was that the 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 moment that an immigrant that may be undocumented and not a green card holder that thought that they were they were okay to register to vote uh, gets tangled in a criminal uh, and civil case and gets report uh, gets deported that's what we're talking about here so this is this is very delicate um, but it has to happen and I think it's gonna happen I, I just don't know how it's gonna happen you know we heard some of this discussion at the state level around the driver's licenses for all discussion uh, you heard the governor the former governor now Andrew Cuomo at the time you know t- talking about supporting the bill but then raising these questions around uh, deportation and Trump and legal muster uh, so it's very interesting to hear some of that uh, being debated, uh, you know, in, in some similar fashion now uh, after that driver's license law has gone into, you know, gone through and and obviously uh, Trump is out of office. But um, I, I've heard a little bit of this, but but how is there this bill that's been around for a while? There's so many sponsors. And then the city council speaker is saying, actually, no, we can't move ahead with this what's the argument there i'm a little i'm a little confused how that well what i've heard him say in wnyc and i haven't spoken to him directly is that this is this is not something that the council can take on as in our jurisdiction that the state needs to take it on uh and that's as far as i've understood Mm -hmm. his argument uh i want to have more conversations with him about it Mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day that that one uh, comment kills the whole thing. The speaker controls whatever comes onto the floor of the city council, period. End of story. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't see unions getting on board. I don't see a lot of other political people getting on board. This is me and Idanis, a couple other council members, uh, Gail Brewer, and a lot of advocates that have been thinking about this. But this is not... Uh, excited the imagination of the institutions of power in the city because this is going to be a game changer having a million new up to a million new voters on the rolls that are that are waiting and hungry for political power this is this is scary to a very particular kind of person that's running the city of new york right now uh and so i i i I see that i feel that I understand that, but um, it's it's inevitable. The question is not um, if, it's when. Interesting. The um, Lastly on this, any of the arguments you've heard against about tying citizenship and voting rights, has that or anything else from some of your council colleagues who've pushed back against this and, and some others, the mayor uh, who's, you know, he said there's legal issues, but he's also said, you know, he's had mixed feelings about whether this should, you know, just sort of be, uh, you know, a priority, um, whether it passes legal muster or not. He's, you know, expressed some mixed feelings on it. Have, have any of those arguments resonated with you or other advocates or Councilmember Rodriguez, you know, the folks really, really strongly behind this? Has anything hit you that you've heard in opposition that you've said, I, I understand that argument or I get that or uh, anything like that? Yeah, I, I think that what I've always tried to do in, in these conversations, especially on immigration, and I think everyone comes to this question differently from their own experience and and their own denial of experience. Everybody is an immigrant in this country. I think that it's it's important to remind people that, that what we're talking about is building something at a municipal level with state support. Um, 
that's a function of the terrible federal immigration law system. <laughs> so I think I think once we get through that and people still hold this idea that, you know, citizenship is so sacred and voting is connected to it, I understand what they're saying. They're 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 talking about about um, a process that they believe in and maybe their family went through and everyone should go through a process and and people who come here and break the law those are bad laws but they've broken a law should not be given this right and so so i get it um i still think it's xenophobic but it's about protecting something that they feel is sacred um i think that what is more important is that we're redefining what it is to be a citizen. A citizen of New York City uh, can be defined by us as the people. And, and I think that's what we're trying to do. And this is why we're giving more, more immigrants opportunities to get an ID with IDNYC, uh, excluded worker fund, our, 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 our district office is working with people. We've, we've gotten over 200 people to get their application in with a 95% approval rate. That's over $4 million that we're bringing directly to our community. Um, these are undocumented members of our community that pay taxes. So there's another argument and we're still gonna make that argument. And I hope that we win. For those uh, who want to hear more about the Excluded Workers Fund, I recently had a conversation with a, a couple of people directly involved, so you can find that that episode of the show um, for more detail on that. So, Councilmember Menchaca, in our, in our last few minutes here, let's, let's talk about a couple other things. Uh, basically, three months left in your, in your eight-year tenure in the city council. Uh, other priorities, other things you're trying to get done. Obviously, there's the sort of constituent services that you just got at, helping people fill out applications and all sorts of needs that your offices in the council deal with all the time. Uh, other priorities, any legislation you have that you're trying to pass, yeah. uh, other things? Thank you for that question. So uh, constituent cases continue to come in. We have opened uh, from our remote to in-person in-person engagement. And that was at a time where we saw the excluded worker fund become the place that will change a family's life. And so all and hands on know, I didn't say it. you represent uh, mainly Sunset Park and Red Hook and, and Red Hook. have a, a lot of uh, immigrant communities in your in your district. Absolutely. But also as the chair of the immigration committee, my relationship with the city has been pretty strong. And so we're getting people from the Bronx, from Manhattan, Staten Island that come here because they know that that we're going to help and support. And once we help that one person get the money. Other per, other people are being called. Uh, it's a nice little uh, telephone um, game that is 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 afoot here because people are now knowing that they can come to our office. So we're really working with other government offices to open up. And now that the money from the state is coming through to organizations, which is a little bit delayed, uh, and Kathy Hochul is promising to speed that up, uh, we we hope to ha- to have a more robust neighborhood organization network of. Of places where people can fill that out. But constituent cases is, is, is really important to my last three months, but I have to phase out and I'm really sad about it. It makes me feel really um, sad. I'm, I'm mourning, I'm mourning this end and I'm not ready to end. Uh, and we have a couple more things to do. So on Thursday, we're gonna be voting on the deliverista bills. Uh, there's a package of bills that we've been leading in the city council that are gonna bring justice uh, to regulate the apps, DoorDash, Grubhub, Seamless, that have been taken advantage of immigrant New Yorkers, uh, mostly undocumented workers who have been delivering food to you. Uh, you probably will have dinner tonight. 
uh, and somebody will deliver it. And so my bill specifically says that the apps cannot charge a fee for their salary. You know, they're getting paid, uh, they're, they're often getting paid um, months later, weeks later, my bill says pay immediately and no fee. And many of these undocumented immigrants don't have access to bank accounts. And so, so these, these apps take advantage of that and say, well, if you want us to give you a different way of payment, we're gonna, we're gonna charge a fee. Mm. We're moving the fees and we're asking people to get paid immediately. That's justice. Mm. Uh, and this is a first phase. There's a lot more ideas that we have that we're leaving to the next council that I think are gonna, are gonna um, be very important for the next council. And it's gonna send a shockwave to the rest of the cities and municipalities that are thinking about regulating. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna be leading there. Uh, the next big bill that we are working on and we're hoping to get that out soon is a private right of action. The ability for New Yorkers to sue the NYPD and the Department of Corrections if they have violated uh, a law that protects uh, our immigrant New Yorkers from being handed over to ICE. And what we've done is revealed that the NYPD and the Department of Corrections have been uh, illegally uh, handing over either by informing ICE or like literally making a call and saying, hey, come pick this person up uh, or emailing. Uh, that's illegal, um, but there's been no consequences. And so a lawsuit will change the game here. Another thing that will be first in the country to send to other municipalities to continue to protect immigrants. Now, the deliveries to bills are on the verge of passing this other legislation that you just referred to. What's the status of that? So we are, we've held a hearing and we're doing the final negotiations on the bill and we should be hopefully putting that on the floor of the city council in the next few weeks. Interesting. Interesting. All right. We will catch up with you again, uh, perhaps before you leave office on, you know, sort of broader eight year reflections and more. Uh, we had a mayoral race that you were part of in the primary in a, in a significant way that we want to chat about in our last minute here, though, for now. Do you uh, do you know what you're pursuing next when you're when your tenure is over? Are you are you looking to keep working in city government or pursuing something else? I, I don't know. Uh, but if there's anybody out there listening who has an idea about what I should do, let me know. Send me okay. a message on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm really looking to see how I can reflect back uh, to the community a sense of service. That's what's brought me here to this work. That's what we'll continue to. But I do know that I want to take a break. Uh, I want to take a little bit of a break just to take the load off, uh, feel a little bit um connected to self-care and and really just take a breath i, I think that uh, i'm i'm feeling a little bit burnt out and and we're going full throttle as we as we close the office so um yes hopefully hopefully you're one of many city council members who will who will finish finish the term and 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 run through the tape so to speak uh, <laughs> yeah. so it is the goal that is, that uh, is a goal. yes city council member carlos Menchaca. um we'll talk more but uh but thank you for the time thank you so much